all things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Nico is on standby. That's Nico Schmidt and all things motoring. And let's talk about cars. Let's talk about vehicles. And always a pleasure to, to chat to uh, Nico Schmidt. Nico, good, good to have you on Jet Set Breakfast. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am so fantastic. I'm broadcasting far away from Johannesburg, standing in for Michelle. And it's a beautiful airy space so i'm a happy girl happy girl clapper great. right now great well it's a lovely spring day in victoria where i am so it's also uh, yeah it's a fabulous time of year. i have to say this is my favorite time of the year some people like winter and some people like summer and i think uh, spring is my is my favorite and it's getting warm and the mosquitoes it hasn't rained so these mosquitoes aren't out yet here in victoria so that's good um i want to let's start off um and of course let me know if there's any questions because uh, the questions are the ones I part of the show I really enjoy the most. Um, but um, it starts with Ducati um, and Lamborghini. And our Lamborghini, of course, you know, Lamborghini makes performance cars and, and some very nice SUVs. And Ducati are the motorbike manufacturer. Uh, and they've worked together on a system to try and avoid um, motorcycle accidents. And the idea is they've admitted the type of accidents that um, you could have, or motorcyclists normally have. Um, it's normally at um, traffic lights that are not uh, working or turning uh, onto oncoming traffic, uh, or sometimes even passing the truck um, and a car is turning. Um, in other words, systems where the, 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 the motorbike um, rider is not protected or they don't actually know what the car is doing. And it, uh, they talk about car to X services, which is actually not a new concept. But they're now trying to, and I'll talk about it in a sec, but they're trying to link um, the car and the motorcycle together so that they communicate with each other. In other words, the, the car would be sending signals uh, to the motorcycle as to what it's doing. Just basically, even if it's just saying, listen, I'm there. So when you're riding on your motorbike, um, it'll be communicating to all the cars all around. Um, and if a car is slowing down or there's a hazard, these two would communicate and maybe a warning would be to stay on the motorbike. Um, I guess you could even go as far as having a sound played in a helmet if you the helmet has a um, connected to the motorbike, let's say via Bluetooth or something. So the idea would be where the cars and motorbikes start communicating with each other um, to try and avoid um, accidents, especially with because um, motorcycle, motorbike riders are so vulnerable. Hello? Hello, All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Nico uh, Smith is back. We just had a slight glitch there. We all blame it on load shedding. Uh, it could be, it may not be, who knows. But yeah, it does play a part these days. <laughs> Nico, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, it does. I think that's easiest. Let's just blame that. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Um, that's the issue. So I don't know how much you got on my conversation about... Um, the, 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 how they, they communicate. And um, so the idea with, with car to x services, if you look at the focus of car manufacturers, um, one of the big focuses in future um, would be how you communicate with your car. So before a car was the thing, we climbed mm -hmm. in, we drove from A to B, we got out, we did what we needed to do, we got back in the car. So we never really communicated with a car where, with what they called car to x services. It means that your car can communicate to another car, it means that you can communicate to your, your car itself. In other words, you can use the phone, uh, for instance, to lock and unlock the car. And how all of this is done, I would say most of the time, um, would be with a built-in SIM card. So when the cars are now manufactured, a lot of new cars come with a built-in SIM card. So the SIM card is, 
uh, let's call it a blank sim inside the car. And when it comes to South Africa in our case, then the, the, uh, at the, they connect the car onto a network. Um, a cell phone provider normally, so it would be either Vodacom, MTN, or Celsius, or whoever would be the service provider. And then effectively, your car is a cell phone on wheels. And that's how the communication is done. So if you want to know an, an easy way to find out if your car has a SIM card, um, for most of them, I, I think this, I would almost say this is for every single car with a built-in SIM card, is if you look at, you know, where the roof is, where the lights, if you have a sunroof, that's where the controls are, or where the lights are, uh, the, the roof module, um, just above your rearview mirror, if there's a, uh, a button that says SOS, then you know you have um, a car with a built-in SIM card. So that SOS button normally means those, could, those could, let's call them connected cars, would automatically make an emergency call in an accident. So if you're involved with a car that has an SOS button in an accident, it makes an, uh, in, and the airbags deploy or the seatbelt tensioners work, it makes an automatic emergency call um, to a call center. They send an ambulance to where the accident is. They phone you to see if they, you're okay and what other help you need. So that's what we call a connected car. And that's definitely one of the services where we're going to see that more and more. It's still mostly on high-end cars. Um, so it's mostly on cars that you're spending six, 700, uh, up to more than a million rands. But it's something that I think you're going to start seeing in, in smaller cars. It's like ABS. ABS initially was only for the most expensive, luxurious cars. And now every single car has ABS. And this will be something we're going to start seeing more and more in future cars as well. Not just the high-end cars, but just even the, the entry-level cars. Not yet, but we, uh, I, I definitely see it coming into cars more. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Nico? I just worry we're all not going to be talking, you know? <laughs> Electro <laughs> not electronics, but artificial intelligence is just going to do everything for us. You know, I think I think it's not, yes, I, I, let's not say it's artificial intelligence necessarily, but the fact is that um, there's, a, there's um, a lot more communication with cars in the outside world. And I actually read somewhere else a different article that said, listen, car manufacturers aren't really very good with your information and privacy. That was just an article. So, um, of course, that's uh, obviously generalizing um, different manufacturers handled in a different way. But uh, if you look at these services, for instance, what they can give, um, is uh, the fact that you can be parked anywhere um, uh, and see, uh, or let's say not with your car, and you can see where the car is parked. You can see if you've forgotten the windows open, you can lock and unlock the car. With electric cars nowadays, you can actually switch on the aircon at a certain time. So let's say your electric car is standing in the sun, um, then you can actually, and you know, listen, I'm going to leave in the next 10 minutes. You can already switch on the air conditioner. So when you climb into the car, the car's already cooled down and it's very comfortable. So uh, it's not necessarily always just a bad thing, but there's a lot of benefits, especially the, the emergency call system, because uh, it's happened before where people have accidents and they actually drive off the road and nobody even knows that an accident just occurred or it's somewhere. And, and also a lot of the time it takes a while for emergency services to get there or to be alerted. So I spoke to somebody a while back and, and they were at a dealership and they drove the car out of the dealership and he, so this is what the, the person told me. So he, maybe two minutes, three minutes, very close to the dealership. And a, a car drive, drove into that, his car, the airbags deployed, and he said he was sort of, airbags had just deployed. He's sort of just looking for his phone. And the next moment, a lady's talking to him. And she said, listen, we see you've been in an accident. We're sending the ambulance and the, the, um, the police. And, 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 you know, that's something that's really a lot of peace of mind that really makes it worthwhile when you're considering a car. To actually look for a service like this because it's just it's built into the core. 
I'm not complaining, Nico. I think it's it's beautiful because yeah, yeah. I'm I'm picturing in in an instance where, for instance, let's say I've gone somewhere. And mm-hmm. I, I, I went with a different vehicle and I want my vehicle to, to come fetch me. Literally, I could communicate with the car and it can come and then I jump into it and it will be wonderful. Look, it can, uh, we, we cannot has, always be archaic. Exactly. So um, Tesla has a basic function like this where if you're at a shopping center, I think it's uh, uh, in this case, um, it's, I guess, the start of something like this where you can call the car. Um, and it, it's like a fetch the car, and if you're close enough to the car, the car will drive out of the parking space and slowly come towards you. So um, definitely there is a lot of benefits around this, but of course, then the opposite side is you have to say, okay, how is my data protected? Because the manufacturer obviously has all your details, um, um, uh, like your information, and, and I think that's also a lot of companies are always looking for information. Um, and information about a person. So that could be a negative, but there's other positives or other interesting ways to do this. So um, you can already, I've, I've seen that recently, I saw that on a Mercedes-Benz C-Class, where um, you can, uh, certain options you can order. So the car might not have certain functionalities, but you can actually, because the car is connected to the internet, you can say, listen, I want to use that function. I want to actually buy it. So you can sit inside the car and say, I don't have this function, but I want to buy it. So um, here's my details. And off you go, press a button, and the function is, let's say it's opened up or available in the car. So, yeah, that's definitely the way. Um, car, that's one of the things car manufacturers are changing or focusing on um, is the, the way that um, uh, we communicate with our cars. Mm, and I'm, I'm just imagining, you know, um, we are so much into, you know, ordering, you know, this, um, I, I don't want to name the name, but, you know, when you, you go on your app and you need a driver to come fetch you, I think there's going to be so much disruption there where that's going to go out the window. Because if you can call your car or you can command your car to drive you home to say, I've just had one too many, just drive me home. The car will I'm, drive you home. Exactly. That's I- that's uh, the, the big one uh, uh, a lot of manufacturers are moving to is exactly that where we talk about autonomous driving but it's also interesting um, when you say that there's been a, a huge outcry um, in, so in San Francisco um, you get we call them robo taxis so in San Francisco robo taxis are available now in other words um, if you just I think I, I think it I think it's the Chevrolet is the cause just go San Francisco robo taxi and you'll you'll see some video. So what you literally do is if you it's like let's say you you're getting an Uber in this case it's I think it's with Lyft. You you call the the the, the self driving car. It, it gets to your house. Uh, there's no driving in there. You climb in the back of the car and literally the car drives you there. Um, but it has no driver. It it just takes the passenger. So it's like ta- a taxi service without a driver. But what's happened now is that the people inside San Francisco, a lot of them are against it. I'm not sure exactly what the reasons are, but you start seeing um, people trying to sabotage these cars. One way that they do this, apparently, is simply putting a traffic cone on the bonnet of the little robo-taxi, and it confuses the car. And recently I saw a video of somebody with a uh, a hammer um, uh, going on and starting to hit this car. So it's interesting. There's a lot of people that, uh, or in San Francisco especially, some people don't like this. So you actually are getting a pushback on this. But this type of service is already available. But then the, the big question with this always becomes, let's imagine you're sitting in a, in, in, let's say I'm driving a car. Um, I've had one too many. My car is taking me home. Uh, I'm not actually physically driving it. And there is an accident. The, the question and the difficult one is, who is at fault? Is it my fault because it, I own the car? 
Um, or is it the manufacturer's fault because they said to me, listen, um, uh, the car can do this autonomous driving, so um, the car will be driving. So that's where the manufacturers are always a little bit careful because who's going to be liable in the event of an accident, the owner of the car or the, the manufacturer, because they say our car can do this autonomous, autonomously. Mm, that that can get really yeah. tricky. Well, the lines are open. Um, you can send us your, um, your WhatsApp questions. Please do so. Uh, 0614-104-107. Uh, Nico is on standby to just uh, maybe give you some a little bit of advice. 0614104107. That's our WhatsApp line where you can send a voice note. And let's talk about the cars that are on the market. So, Nico, just to divert for a, a few seconds, I was talking about the Bajaj. Is it Bajaji or something? The little car that, you know, the little, almost like a like a scooter of sorts that travels at 70 kilometers in an hour that's on the market. And I think the last time, if did we have this conversation? I can't remember, but maybe we did. Where they were actually pulled off the road at some point uh, by the police because they felt, you know, they were a hazard. But I think, you know, it's such a clever way to find something that's quite efficient that we can use within a four-kilometer radius. Like if you go to the shops and you want to carry your groceries and, you know, the little car is there uh, to carry your stuff. What's your thought on that? It's, 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 it's kind of a difficult one because there's two sides to this. So the one side would be, um, you know, just affordability of cars. So let's look at the general um, South African person and, and what, they, what they earn every day, how much pressure is on them financially, and then say, okay, let's say, can you buy a car? And, and compared to our salaries and what cars cost, it's just astronomical. Even entry-level cars, mm. so the price of cars is ridiculous. So the, the one side says these cars, our cars are too expensive, and, and most South Africans can't afford a car. So that's not a great situation. So um, bringing in a car that is more affordable is a fabulous idea. Bringing a car that, that more people can afford to give you mobility is fabulous. I mean, I remember when I was just a student and being, having your own wheels was just one of the best freedoms you could have. Um, so I understand that if you, you know, just the freedom that somebody can have to make their own choices on when they want to drive and, and how they drive, that's the one side. But the opposite also is, is, is if you have a car that's, um, that can't get to the speed limit, you know, uh, and if it's an 80 k, k an hour zone and the car can't get to 80, is that car not a hazard? So that could be the opposite side. The same applies to the safety in the car. I know a lot of people don't necessarily buy a car for safety. They buy a car for mobility, and they don't really think necessarily about how safe will my car be in an accident. So when you're buying a smaller car and a car like this, it doesn't have the safety rating that a bigger car has. So if you have that car and an SUV drives into you, then, you know, it's not going to be very good for you. So that's the opposite side uh, is saying what is the safety record. And a car needs to have a certain speed that it can attain. And if you can't move with traffic because your car is too slow, it actually almost becomes um, a, a moving hazard. So that's the opposite side. So I don't know what the answer is, if I'm honest, because I try, I'm trying to see both sides. But there's a lot of danger to those cars on the road. And, and, and I think that's why the, probably the worry about it. Luther? All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. I know, so much for Lord Shedding, guys. But we're going to move along with strong and, um, you know. But I've got Nico still on the line and, of course, taking your WhatsApp voice notes as well as uh, your, just your WhatsApp if, you, if you're typing. That's perfectly fine with us. And, um, Nico, welcome back. Thank you very much. 
Yes, I know that, uh, you know, our time is a little bit squeezed, but um, I think I, I've got a question, if I'm not mistaken. I'm mm -hmm. just looking at my notes here. Um, all right. Um, I, Bertha, let me help you. Okay, fine. I, I, I've got it. Yes, you got it. I've got it as I've well. Okay, read it. it. Go for it. It says, um, please advise, what is wrong with a car that vibrates so badly and the car uh, shudders? Recently had a major service. Uh, when the air condition is switched on, then the shudder and vibration eases somewhat considerably. Please tell us what can be done. Okay. I, I think you, you have to go back to where you service the car um, immediately. Um, uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's very difficult to try and guess. Um, if there's a vibration and the air conditioner stops the vibration, then something on the engine is possibly moving. So maybe it's an engine mounting that's broken or something like that because um, that could be why it's vibrating and that's why the vibration changes when you switch on the aircon because it has an aircon pump which is drawing energy. So I, it's very difficult for me to try and guess, but I really have to say take it back immediately um, to where you've gone to. Um, hopefully where they service is a manufacturer so you can – um, um, you know, have recourse or see if they're part of MIWA, M-I-W-A um, and because if, if, if there's like a MIWA, a MIWA sticker outside the building, you know that you can also have recourses, recourse with them. But I would go back immediately. Something is not right um, and especially if you're switching on the aircon and the vibration stops, then it, it, it's probably a worry. So you could do more damage by driving a lot more. Well, Nico, we have to leave it at this point. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning on Jet Set Breakfast. And have yourself a great weekend ahead. Thank you. It's been fabulous. Have a lovely one. Bye-bye. Same to you. That's uh, Nico Smith and talking about cars, everything cars. Come Saturdays at the same time at 8.30, we talk about cars. So if you have any niggling issues about your vehicle, that's the spot where you can call Nico. And also he can give you advice as to, you know, what are the new models on, on, on offer at the moment? Are they reasonably priced? All that right here on Jet Set Breakfast. For now, let's find out what's in the news. And when we get back, we are still talking about uh, Kida, uh, that's Kida Heritage Lodge in the Northwest, where the unveiling of the memorial for Mzilikazi uh, Kamashobane will be taking place today. Let's take a break. <laughs>